Hi. Some nights I feel more confident in speaking to a microphone, feeling that I'm saying something special or I'm saying something that's worth hearing. And other nights it's a little more difficult. And I think I think this is one of the more difficult nights. Partially because I'm getting sick and because I'm getting or because I am tired. <laughs> but I don't know. I I've just been fixating on the the weight of my words lately and I think that's caused me to be a little more quiet because I've felt that a lot of people speak just to speak and don't really have a purpose for it. And you know what? That's all good and fine too because you have the ability to, but I'm just trying to put a lot more stock in what I say in in hopes that I'm not being rude or just making a joke without thinking and that I'm I'm trying to have an actual dialogue. I guess. But then sometimes I just think that all sounds silly and then I make a joke and I laugh. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely a conflict. But today my guest is Colin Gross, a man who makes music under the name The Lizard... The, <laughs> the Wizard of Loneliness. <laughs> um, and it's very interesting music, very unique. And he's a lovely guy, and I'm really happy that I got a chance to speak with him and that I get to share it with anybody that listens. I just can't stress enough how conversation seems to be the only thing that really makes me feel better. Or even even if that's a conversation between me and a book or me and a movie or seeing others converse, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm focusing a lot more on letting the world help me than trying to tell myself that I can do it all alone. Even though at the end of the day I have to, and there's no lens through which I can see something besides my own. I don't know. I'm just trying to appreciate what's around me and, and gather something from any words that I hear. And I hope you do the same. And I hope the holiday, if you celebrated, was nice. And that it continues to be if the season is for you. And that the people and the animals in your lives are very healthy. Just love. Here's my interview with Colin Gross. about you first of all where you're from how you got into music a little bit of background just so i can get to know you okay um let's see background i've been in new jersey since i was born so i'm like i'm not i don't know that many people that do music other than like punk music around here but um Mm -hmm. i think that kind of influenced my uh music kind of tastes uh i mean i used to play instruments in school i played french horn trumpet uh mellophone a bunch of various instruments that's not that important but uh but when i went to uh rutgers for college i ran basement shows at my house and that was all like punk music so i i yeah, so that was kind of my intro into actually putting stuff together, um, and I really like the kind of DIY aesthetic of that. Um, 
it was like around then that I bought the first stuff that I that I used to make music. Uh, I used Machine, uh, the like drum pad thing, okay, and, yeah. the, and the DAW as well. Um, and I'd gotten it around then, but I didn't really have time to fiddle with it until after I stopped doing shows and started working. Um, but yeah, I kind of gravitated towards that, and um, I started out mostly doing instrumental hip hop, um, and I kind of just wandered into uh, mixing stuff with Vaporwave along the way because I really I feel like it has kind of the same aesthetic, uh, like do it yourself, yeah, for sure. together, you know, carefree attitude to it. I mean, I, I, even though a lot of people have serious images and everything in, in Vaporwave, um, and it's all about your, you know, mystique or whatever, <laughs> uh, I feel like a lot of people do have that you know carefree slap it together kind of attitude yeah uh so that's kind of why i gravitated towards that um i guess that was around it was before i graduated so it must have been like 2011 is when i started doing when i started actually producing music Mm -hmm. so that's what seven years now but i wouldn't say i really put anything out um until maybe like 2000 13 so there was like a couple years where i was just fiddling around figuring stuff out um and like at first nobody wants nobody would buy any anything (laughs) so i was just like giving it away so i like on facebook i would just message and like take a bunch of pictures of the tapes that i was making um and i didn't really i mean i knew people who did vaporwave but I, I hadn't really connected with that scene yet so it was really just like okay people i knew in college hey do you want free tapes or <laughs> anything <laughs> right um so yeah it was mostly just putting myself out there for the first couple of years uh which really sucked because i didn't know any of the like since i run a label now i've learned all the techniques for uh printing and and doing art and all the design aspects of mm-hmm. it but um, when I started out, it was all hand-cut collages and stuff for the covers. Wow. Um, you know, sifting through old National Geographics for background images and then oh, carving that's cool. stuff onto them. So, and those were the ones I was giving out for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I'm sure they sounded like crap because I was using like a dual well tape deck to dub everything back then. I didn't even, I didn't really know about sound quality, so... Uh, yeah, that's I'm not. That's maybe why I don't go back to those and look fondly back on them. I just you got to start somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of weird thinking about how I used to have to like convince people to listen to my music uh, by giving them something. Does it feel that there's like people waiting for it now? Like, do you have no, like, do you have less worries about if people listen to it or not? You have confidence that they will now. Yeah, I mean. People message me pretty much every day about whether the next album is coming out. Um, That's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, the longer, I mean, for a while, I was putting out like one album every month and a half, every two months, something like that. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've definitely slowed down with how much music I produce, uh, but um, I mean, right now, just what I've got ready to go for another album, I think I have like two or three albums worth of stuff i just haven't had time to put it together right. uh, so i've been like looking to work with other people to uh that can kind of help me 
get my music out there. Like this past year, I did an album with Lost Angles, uh, and they put out the they put out my tape, which yeah, went yeah. over pretty well. So I didn't have to. I mean, all I had to do was the art for that. I mean, and the music too. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably the music. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. But so uh, everything except for dubbing and and shipping. Right. Which surprisingly, shipping and all that that side of the the whole music thing is that takes the most time. I really. Think. So it was nice to finally be able to just go, oh, I'm, I'm done with it. And <laughs> I got a couple free copies. That's all I really wanted anyway. So That's really cool to have your your work in physical form. That's really cool. Yeah, tapes are easy. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I spend a lot of time dubbing tapes just for myself and also because I run the I run the small label that is myself and a couple other artists that I want to put out there. Uh, but yeah, it's an, it's, I mean, it's easy, but I guess it's, it's hard to get, get right. Um, and it's a bit of an investment when you count all the old tape decks that you have to have lined up with the stereo and everything. Yeah. So how but, did um, you like start the label? Did you just know, was are these people that you just knew before or how did, how did that get out? Um, I think it's probably the same as it was for you, like, at first, it was all just my music that I was putting out there, and I needed a kind of uniform, uniform like, okay, these are all coming out at this place kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so it started as that, but then um, I started doing more kind of, uh, like, I guess the big place where it changed, I started doing, um, uh, like, podcasts with uh, this guy, 3D Blast, do you know him? No, I don't, actually. Oh, okay, so he does this uh, vaporwave podcast called the 3D Cast. Oh, that's and, really cool. Um, yeah, so he invited me on because I had been kind of talking to him online, uh, and I got in touch with a lot of people. And part of what I was really drawn to about that was you got we got to like promote our own stuff or other mm-hmm. people's stuff, uh, and so I saw that kind of as a good excuse to start seeking out other people to put on my label. So it yeah, for sure, just seem like. Uh, just like, so it didn't, it wasn't just me putting out my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been, so I, I, the people that I try to work with are people that don't have a lot of, uh, like recognition yet, like kind of within their first or second year yeah. of it. Um, mostly cause I mean, when I'm, I'm looking at like what they want to do and what they have in terms of equipment, it's like, I, I kind of see a lot of where I was at in that yeah, you know, respect. Yeah. And it's just easier for me to get them started, and I'd rather have them have a good first release than have to be like hand cutting collages. Or <laughs> yeah, that's that's really of, nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean the amount of effort that you're willing to go through when you're just starting out, it, it far outweighs how much you should be putting into it. <laughs> the music should be able to speak for itself, but for I think sure for a lot of people, the packaging and all of that comes like that's their that's kind of their like they have to get past that hurdle um so i usually just try and find people that have good music and no you know physical representation um yeah so that's what the the label's about it's hard getting it's hard doing all this stuff with that because my my real job is i'm a teacher so like oh really what do you teach um, I teach language arts to eighth graders and also social studies, I guess too. But um, that sounds really interesting. Do you like yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, the kids are really smart at the place that I that I work at. Are you at like um, a permanent teaching position or are you subbing? No, I'm a permanent teacher. Cool. I've been teaching for like five years, so Oh wow. That's my that's my bread and butter. That's hmm. where all my money for vaporwave and, and beat tapes and all that stuff. It's all just from teaching. Yeah, I know? was curious how you how that happened. Do you like ever yeah, show yeah. your music to your students and stuff? Uh I didn't used to. Um, but I think this year I was like I mean, usually it's a they would always ask, and I would be like, because I would talk about music stuff, and it was pretty obvious that I was involved in music. <laughs> yeah. But um, it wasn't until this year um, that I really felt like it was okay to talk about it, because I run a club that is music um, at the school. I started a music production club there. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. Not, so I figured, okay, if I can't talk about it there, then what, where would I <laughs> talk about it? Yeah. So um, I brought it up there, and then... Uh, the kids in my classes actually had found my accounts already, <laughs> so um, they've been pretty. You're pretty exposed. Cool yeah, I mean, I had to make my Twitter private because that's not that's <laughs> not as music. That's not as educational. I don't think. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's got to be but, weird uh, having to balance those two, those two lives. Uh, mm. I don't know. Not really. It doesn't come up all that often. If anything, it just gives me a little bit of credibility to kind of like comment on topics that they would think that you know somebody that doesn't do music wouldn't be qualified yeah so i mean all i can do is really i can't really use that as like hey you have to listen to me i'm a star or something (laughs) like that like i'm a musician you have to know um it's more just when the topic comes up i have you know some sort of frame of reference and they uh understand and kind of validate that so yeah for sure um but it's cool i i I'm, I mean, if they hated it, then it would be less cool. But <laughs> since they like it, um, uh, they, it's, you know, it's, it's fun talking about it. They, they're pretty on point with their favorite music of mine is like the music that's sold best too. <laughs> so like, they like the Zelda tape that I made. Oh yeah. Um, and that's by far like more, the most successful thing that I've, you know, put out aside from the record. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, uh, it's it's kind of interesting to see where you know that musical taste across different age groups is similar in some ways, or maybe just that album's better. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't think it is, but a lot of people seem to say that's you know one of the better ones. Yeah, music today with with that age group is very interesting. Like what's popular there? <laughs> yeah, they they recognize that it's like, I mean hip-hop or, or like pop music right now has a lot of like rap influence in it yeah for sure and they recognize that there's a little bit of crossover so they're like oh i kind of recognize the beats in these as like oh these kind of sounds yeah um but then there's instant like the second reaction i almost always get from them is that but it's like old old style music like uh, like old, they they recognize that there's samples in it. Though. They're like, oh, the instruments are like old sounds. Yeah, it definitely sounds vintage, for sure. Yeah, so they there's like kind of a small way in where like right now that's sort of I mean, rap music is almost you know the zeitgeist. That's what most pop music is you know forming after. Yeah. Although it's like trap music, but I, I feel like there's a close enough connection that kids can kind of access that and and it isn't too far out of their wheelhouse like if i was in an alternative rock band or something i think they would connect way less with that because <laughs> that's so not what's yeah played these days. 
Yeah, and that um like the beats the kind of beats you make, like they seem to be making sort of a like they seem to be more and more prevalent in rap. Like a lot of people are going for a more lo fi sound and some stuff. And I, I kinda oh, like yeah. it. It's been weird since I've started like the um I mean, I wouldn't say that all my stuff is lo fi. Um, I think there's definitely a connection with quite a few tracks or, you know, majority of parts of albums even. Um, but that's really sort of taken off in the last couple of years mm-hmm. with YouTube channels being able to stream live. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's interesting seeing that. Um, however, I don't know, like the, the stuff that is very prevalent on those is very simplistic. I feel like I'm not saying my, my music is super. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely see what you're saying. Yours like but it's, the main point yeah. of your music like is the samples and like the intricacy of the beats, whereas like. Yeah. Obviously, the vocals are going to be the the main point of the song, and the sample or whatever is going to be really soft and simple in the background. I definitely feel that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really like listening to other kind of lo-fi hip hop, but I've, I'm always kind of curious at how they boil it down to just you know kicks and snares and the occasional <laughs> hi hat. Yeah. Because um, when I set up my drum kits, it's just uh, I can't really envision. Pairing it down so much, um, but that's definitely a really strong style that's uh, popular right now. So I don't know, it, but I, I appreciate that you said the beats are intricate. That's what I spend the most time on. Yeah, because I'm not a drummer at all. I don't have that kind of sensibility. Mm-hmm. I just kind of emulate sounds that I like from like older hip hop music, and I, yeah. I so I'll listen to a beat by. You know, in a rap song that I, I really like, and then I'll try and work off of that idea, right. or at least that kind of rhythm. Yeah, I feel that, for sure. What kind of stuff do you listen to? Uh, right now, let me think. Honestly, honestly I'm not listening to that much uh, hip-hop at all right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really been listening to a lot of Slayer recently. <laughs> Slayer, really? <laughs> Yeah, Slayer, and um, over the summer I was really listening to a lot of progressive rock, so like Genesis and and Yes and King Crimson. Oh yeah, I love me some Yes. There's always time for Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I I don't know, not much of that has crossed over into my music, I don't think. Uh, But it's definitely, I mean, that's what I enjoy listening to, because it's so much more... uh, I mean, I don't know, like, I think a lot of people that are in my situation where it's a one-person project and they have, they're have they doing everything themselves, there's there's fun to have with all the control that you're able to have in a solo project, but mm-hmm. listening to a band and the cohesion that, you know, a group of people can create, yeah, for I sure. think that, you know, and that's why I'm especially drawn to, like, progressive music, because it's so, you know, like, virtuosic with the, you know, timing and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Um and for me, that's the complete opposite. Everything for me is pre-programmed, one person kind of, <laughs> like, doing yeah. it alone. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, like, I really don't listen to, I listen for beats, but I don't really listen to that much in terms of, uh, in terms of hip-hop, mostly because I've, well, like, okay, there's one artist that I, I think is, you know, extremely uh, kind of my go-to person that i try to be like i guess um which is uh mf doom or uh, oh yeah i really like his Mm -hmm. uh structures and uh just the kind of zaniness that goes along with that yeah for sure 
but and, and also just i love the character um that he has and so like i, I think i've kind of if anything I, I model it out off of that uh but with a little less uh anonymity i'm pretty open and out there with mm-hmm. videos and everything yeah he like um, he's got some weird conspiracies like he's had concerts where people are like like someone else will come out in the mask and it's not even him. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the the kind of like allure of the secret identity though. It's uh Yeah, he's saying like you're not listening to me, you're listening to MF Doom. Like yeah. not the person, but the music, which yeah. I, plus it's a character that he plays anyway. It's like he, <laughs> he can hire somebody else to play that character. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of it's always been sort of a fictional kind Yeah, of for sure. presence in real life. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, if anything, that's where I got most of my influence from, but I probably started listening to, uh, New Job Days probably, uh, before anything, mm-hmm. but I didn't really realize that that was sampling. I thought that was, you know, him playing piano, <laughs> um, until I kind of dug a little bit deeper into the whole process of it. Um, Yes, those two. I would say those two, and that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know whatever other connections people make to my music, but I, I really, my, that's like my okay. I want to, you know, do things that make me feel like those musicians made me feel like. So that's yeah. my go-to influences. It's always curious to hear what the musician listens to because sometimes it's like oh i can see that connection and other times it's just like radically different and it's like oh okay like prog rock and then you just go it's always interesting yeah that's what i was listening to today i mean i listen to stuff in the car on the way to work more for just like i don't know i get ideas for for chords and and things Mm. like that from there but i really just i kind of separate um when I'm on my way to work, I'll listen to music just because I, I kind of, it goes along with what I'll be singing in my head all day. <laughs> um, unless I'm in the grind of like producing or putting the album together, then I listen to my own music. Yeah. Um, and kind of get a flow for what the album is. I think that's how I produce every album, really. Like, I'll put it all in a playlist and then I'll listen to it on my way to and from work. And mm. the the idea going into every album is like what order would i want to listen to these on my drive to work i guess um how do you like go about making an album like do you just make a bunch of tracks randomly and then you sort of piece it together or do you kind of make a central idea with like a certain group of samples and then you just make as many songs as you feel like out of that group hmm. um it depends sometimes i have an idea for a theme mm-hmm and I try to get things to fit that theme. Uh, sometimes the theme is a like a feeling or a you know a tone. Yeah. Uh, but more often it's uh, I do maybe four or five tracks, and I sense the kind of direction that's going in, and then the other ones I try to kind of model off of the the first couple. Oh right. Okay. That makes so sense. So it. Yeah, I, I get like a core group of songs and then I really kind of get an idea from it. Um, sometimes the theme is just relating it to like a TV show or a movie or something or an anime. Yeah. And in that case, then, you know, I'll have my first couple songs and they won't necessarily have samples from that theme that I'm, I'm 
building off of. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then the later ones I'll work harder to incorporate those things. Um, I, it's weird because there's, I mean, I have a lot of al albums that are based off of things. So like I did one based off of, uh, this anime called blue sub six, mm -hmm. um, or blue submarine number six. And there were really, if I'm like actually counting samples from the actual show, there were probably only three tracks off the album that were straight, just sampled from instrumentals right. from the show. And those were probably, I pr I, those were probably three of the later ones on the album. Up until then, I just had kind of tracks that I felt would go with a uh, sort of water world type theme sort of feeling um it's really cool to I like kind of, try to make yeah. a relationship with that yeah i mean it's 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 all afterthought i just try and make things that work the whole reason i do music is because i do it to relax after work um that's that's always been what i do it for uh so i make the music i mean i like making music that other people enjoy but you know, it's a little more self-serving than that. I mm -hmm. just make it because it helps me de-stress after work. Do you ever do um, live shows or anything? Uh, I used to DJ. Uh, I used to, that's how I got, actually, I guess I forgot to mention that, but like when I was doing basement shows and stuff, I would also use that as kind of a venue to DJ. Mm -hmm. um, I like doing that. It's fun. I, I think I'm okay at that, but it really... I don't know, like, my schedule never allows for it. Teaching just allows you to have, like, one or two days on the weekend. It's never going to be, like, yeah. something. Unless right. I, you know, quit. But I really enjoy <laughs> teaching, um, so I probably won't do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always down to, if there's someone who in invites me to, you know, do a, a set or something, I can, mm. I can do that pretty easily. Um, cool. But, yeah, no, I mean... For the most part, it's uh, I I don't know. Like, it, there's only a couple artists I know of that really do the same kind of pattern as me. Work pattern, I mean. Like, um, uh, do you know PZA? No, I don't. Okay, well, he's I, he puts out more albums than me, even, <laughs> um, which is a lot. Uh, he does it just day in day out. That's but I I, I don't know. He uses it to kind of occupy his time. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to relate. There's a lot of people that their jobs or whatever they're, else they're doing in their life really connect to their music. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it's kind of uh, it's just it's it's a way to remove myself from the headspace after work because it's like I don't know. I have to work after I get home anyway. Um, yeah, because I have to grade papers and stuff. Um, but if I can like make a beat between you know five and seven, and then do some work from seven to ten or something like then i've you know cleared my headspace for three hours and i'm usually feeling pretty good about that mm -hmm. so so you're not going to be making any mixtapes about language arts or social studies no, anytime soon kinda, no <laughs> not at all um yeah i mean i guess it's weird this year i'm actually keeping i'm you know talking about music in school right. um for the longest time it was like okay this is my completely most removed from work kind of that's that aspect of my life yeah um yeah so it's it's interesting to have them both kind of come up in the same place but i kind of have to when i'm running this music club i kind of have to right bring in, for sure you know my ideas and my you know 
uh, process into that, and the kids kind of need that to show them what to do. So it's pretty fun. I like doing that. Um, but yeah, uh, I forgot why you were con- you contacted me after. Was it because uh, I'm just wondering what album it was that you had heard? It was the self-titled one with the vinyl that had come out, the blue one. Oh, cool. Yeah, I noticed there were a lot of different listeners uh, for that, mm-hmm. um, which was like, it was kind of funny. Like, the tape community is very laid back. Yeah, um, like the music. Like, uh, I, I'm, I, I'll admit, I guess, I'm really terrible at just because like i get out of work at five sometimes so i can't get to the post office so when it comes to shipping like with tape people it's like oh you took a couple weeks that's fine like (laughs) this is the first time i released anything where people have been like it was like two weeks after and people were like where's my album like Uh. i was like i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) so the vinyl crowd is way more intense about stuff like that i Um, i collect vinyl myself and i can definitely (laughs) attest to that yeah. Sometimes I mean, I'm like, where are my records at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are more concerned about it. And it's like, I I mean, I'm sitting in my desk, like, looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, I could ship it. <laughs> and I also will never be going to the post office. So it's like, <laughs> it's really tough for me to get there. So I, I kind of, that's one of the reasons I um just recently, I started talking to a guy about possibly splitting the, um, Splitting the responsibilities of the record label, he's going to be doing like uh, some tape production and also uh, some. He's going to be making mini discs and stuff mm-hmm. for the label, um, just to kind of free up some time for me. Because the the whole reason I have a bunch of albums in the chamber and not relate like released yet is because I feel really guilty about <laughs> if I put out an album and I still haven't shipped the last album. <laughs> out, that's like that's bad. Like, right. <laughs> Um, so I've been kind of hesitant to release anything uh, up until like I, there was like a good two months. The longest time I've ever not made music uh, was about a month and a half. It was when this school year started, uh, just because the school's like yeah. intense with its test prep and everything. Um, and it like for a while I was like, okay, I'm not making music anymore for you know the foreseeable future. But then like. Uh, like a weekend ago or something, I finally got back into it, and it just like it was like okay, I need to do, I need to do this. <laughs> this is like my stress relief. Um, That's got to be nice to so, have though, for sure. Yeah, and it was like it, all of a sudden it was like four tracks each weekend. I just had to like had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I can't avoid making music. It's just like <laughs> uh, it sucks that I can't do it on the weekdays now. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if I can find some time on the weekend to do it, it's like I've I've tightened up my workflow so much with music that um, I can kind of just like crank out a uh, you know a good song in uh, like two hours or so, um, just because I know what I want to hear and I've I've started kind of thinking about it in my off time while I'm at right. Work. So it's like yeah. okay, I think I want to make something like this. Which is more, I mean, it's so much planning to enjoy yourself, which is not what I ever really anticipated. Like, mm-hmm. I never thought I'd have to put in the thinking of, you know, okay, here's how I'm going to spend this time while I'm relaxing. It's a lot more <laughs> yeah, it's, than I ever thought. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I'll, I'll plan, my days are so busy now, like, to the minute, and I'll plan, like, all right, relax from this time to this time. <laughs> 
even mm. though even though it's still playing. It takes a little bit out of the relaxing part of it when it's yeah. scheduled relaxation time. <laughs> what do, what do you do, by the way? I should have asked. I mean, I know you uh, you do interviews. What what's the I, the end goal for that? I am in college right now, actually. And uh, so you're, yeah, your time is also occupied by doing assignments. Heavily, yeah. I'm I'm a sophomore in college, and I'm studying uh, film and philosophy. So, ever since I was little, I always wanted to be a writer. Like that was my main thing. Since I think I was like six, I just wanted to be a writer and publish novels and stuff. But I wanna. I didn't have enough confidence to just focus on just that, <laughs> so I need a job, job, and I love film so much. So. I'm minoring in creative writing, so I'm, I'm, my plan is to get into the film industry and just do some editing and stuff, or even acting, I like acting, but just something in the film industry and then kind of use that time and that money to write books, and the philosophy is definitely testing my mind, so I'm just, I'm at that stage where I'm just learning so much every day that like I know in a few months I'm going to be completely different, so it's a really good creative space to be in, and then the podcast, um... It actually spawned out of a couple things. I I originally wanted to like interview random people. Like I went to Best Buy one day and there was this guy named Bob and he was just like the sweetest guy ever. And like I just I always am very empathetic to like random people at normal jobs, I guess. And I just got this idea that I just wanted to talk to those people and just be like like what is your life, Bob? Like besides being the technician at Best Buy like what do you do what are your dreams and goals and aspirations like what's your plan so that was like how I wanted to start and I was just going to do like transcripts like just the text and I was going to publish it in a book and then believe it or not it gets kind of hard to <laughs> get strangers to just agree to do something like that because it's kind of off I guess like there's humans of New York this guy who just like interviews people mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of like yeah. that, like where it's just random people just getting like their story and just making something out of just a random person that you'd see on the street. And then I started thinking more and more and I was like, I really like podcasts and um, I love the comedian Mark Marin a lot. And he's oh, yeah. pretty pretty much he's like, hilarious. yeah, his podcast is definitely like the main inspiration for it. And then I was just talking to the people around me about like what they would see themselves hearing. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to interview like people that are in music and film that I like a lot and I just bought a shitty mic and <laughs> I've just spammed people's emails and it's it's just caught along really nicely and oh cool yeah um it takes I guess I mean if you're gonna pick any group of people to open up and just talk to strangers I think musicians are yeah, probably the, for the sure. best group to talk to um, I mean, for myself, just I always have to end up talking to I mean, whenever I'm talking to a new musician about putting their album out, it's like you automatically have to start a strangers for everybody that you meet. Yeah. Um, I, but I found that it's like aside from being a group of very highly anxious and stressed <laughs> out and depressed people, uh, musicians also like to like to talk. Yeah, um, I've had some amazing chats. Solo artist. Yeah, and it's been really cool talking to people in, like, film and stuff, too, because it's giving me a direct, like, inquiry into what I want to do eventually. The bulk of it has been musicians, but I've talked to a few, like, composers and a couple directors, and I just I just love talking to people. I just 
there's always value in talking to someone else. So has there been any like recurring themes of like, why do people make music? Um, I don't know. Like what do, like when you talk to a musician, do, is it generally the same thing or what, like, can you give me an example of somebody else's like why they do what they do? Let me think. Well, it, it's very different because there are those like you where musician or music is not their like number one priority. Like it's not the, it's not the thing that they do all day, every day. And so I've talked to a couple people where like, like I don't care about notoriety at all when I interview people. All I care about is like, I'll just search the internet. And then if I find something that sounds interesting or it has, if it has something with like genuineness in it, I'm like, cool. I want to uh, talk to that person. You should care. I'm highly notorious. <laughs> well, besides you, of I course. Would I'm, I would say I'm noted <laughs> at best. <laughs> I'll see this on the, on the internet tomorrow. Top of the, top of the news. But like, yeah. but like there's this uh, one guy. I'm likely to put myself in the news for like my silly non <laughs> comments and stuff on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like there's this one guy named Marco who I just found one day, like he's from Italy and I, I I can't remember what his job was, but he just had a normal job. I think he was a waiter or something. And like he was just saying it's like therapeutic and he just likes to do it. And it, it's just really nice to hear something like that. And then there'll be others where I mean, more than anything, it's just like because I like to make music. <laughs> and then like um you know the video game Cuphead by any chance? So I talked to the composer for that um, last oh, year. Cool. Yeah, he was so nice, and like that was I different. Got his album, the, I mean, the, like the soundtrack for that game. I have the like final of that. No way, I want it. I want it's it so, so bad. Expensive. I, I know like, it is. Thing last year that I got, but it was because <laughs> uh, my girlfriend really likes like oldie time music. So it's so like, good. This is for you slash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely have that in my wish list. I want it. And it's so cool how they, like, pressed it and put it in the older, like, phonographic folders. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he was, like, he, obviously, his job is, like, music. And so yeah. that, it it's usually interesting to talk about, like, a project like Cuphead because, like, it's more about, like, the process of making it. And Cuphead, like, he and, like, two of his best friends just made that. <laughs> and it's like, what? Because <laughs> it just it seems so much bigger than that. And it's cause it's just such a clean game and the soundtrack is just like impeccable. But yeah, for him, like he went to school for music and he just loves it. So, I mean, I guess the recurring theme is just like, like what you're saying, like it's just a relaxer. It's just the need to do it in general, I guess when it's not for like a project. I don't really know what else I'd be doing if I weren't doing that. I mean, I play video games, but that's like, even that's getting to a point where it's like, all right, I can no longer play stuff on a TV. It has to be like <laughs> in the 10 minutes before I go to sleep. Like, yeah. Play, like, I don't know. I can't really justify it. The music is like the only thing I can do for myself that I can justify. And like, uh, it's, it's hard to like, it's hard to give yourself time, but if you're making something and you like it, then it's like, yeah, I can find time for that. Cause it's, yeah. Like you said, like therapeutic to, to create something plus it's like i don't know like i'm sure other artists are like this too but they put their stress into the project and then Mm -hmm. it's cathartic in that way like when it's done the stress is in the song it's not in it's you know no longer on me anymore yeah like okay i took you know two hours or three hours worth of being stressed i put it in that song and now i'm i'm minus that 
right. minus that stress. You so. got You got to think that way to like <laughs> remain sane. Yeah, that's when I never get too mad if I'm taking too long on the track or anything because I it always just comes back to okay, this is time that I would have spent stressing out. Yeah, and I just avoided stressing out for three or four hours or something. Right. So it's like it, you know, I'm doing myself a favor the longer I take on stuff. Right. I get so overwhelmed because I'm I'm in school and I have a podcast and I'm I'm like I'm writing a novel right now and it's in a weird way like I'm actually doing it through Twitter like you mean you're writing it? Yeah, I'm writing it through Twitter. So back in March, I just created this account and basically the tweets are diary entries from the perspective of a guy on an island and I don't remember how it came to me, but I just started doing it. And like, now I do it all the time and it's become very, it's really weird because I've always written either just like on my laptop in my word or like writing it physically in like a book. And this is the first like undertaking I've actually made where I'm telling myself, like, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to publish it. Like that is my end game for it. And to do it on like Twitter, like it's not, I'm not like, uh, I'm not promoting it or anything either. That's like the weird thing. Like I'm not really, I don't really care if anyone's reading it. I'm not like retweeting it or sharing it at all. It's just a very like different platform. And I don't know if that's what I needed to make it happen, but like. Well, it takes some of the pressure out of publishing because you're already like somewhat publishing it yeah. and putting it out there. And I just think it's really interesting. I just think it's a really unique area Especially, like, if someone were to follow it, like, if if I were to be invested in something like that, I think that would be cool to, like, see come along. But anyways, like, since I have my podcast and my book and my studies and, like, I just overwhelm myself with all the stuff I want to do. And I I kind of feel that, like what you're saying, like, if I can do something, like, if I can create something every day, like, if it's just a phrase or if I can just, like... If I'm if I'm taking one step towards what I need to be doing every day, then I feel like a little bit better because it's it's hard for me, at least like at my age, that pressure of like needing to be doing something. And so it's really weird. Yeah. I mean, when you're spending money to be at your well, unless you got like completely full scholarships, I wish. which <laughs> yeah, seldom the case for any of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's a there's a dollar amount attached to your time. It's like you have to justify it by, you know, filling that time with stuff. I know. And it's, um, it gets scary. Yeah. And, you know, being in college is very structured with, you know, you have to be at certain places at certain times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot like having a job. It's pretty much your job. That's what I always kind of felt when I was at college. Like, this is my job now. I, I need to get, you right. know, get through college. I just also I have a job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I originally started for music, uh, going to college, music and music education. But then, like, I just, it was take, it, I, I realized, like, halfway through that I needed that as my relaxation space. Like, that needed to be my hobby mm-hmm. um, and studying it. And I mean, like, I'm good with, you know, music theory and all that. But studying it and doing papers on it was taking all the fun out of it for me. So I kind mm-hmm. of I switched over to teaching language arts because I was like, I like writing and I, I can't see myself ever hating 
teaching other people how to write or helping them improve their writing because mm-hmm. that's that's different every time like for me talking to a student or something about their writing there i've never had you know a repeated scenario where one person had the same exact issues as the right other everyone's different yeah, everybody has, and plus there's, it, that's like the only thing that at that at the age that I teach at, like, that's, you know, such a better insight into their identity and their how their yeah. mind works than actually asking them, because they'll <laughs> never tell you it. Right. I teach like eighth grade, they're never going to tell me anything, so like, <laughs> I, I, but when I read what they're writing, I can kind of see like, oh, this kid's like way more emotionally in tune than they're, they let on, so, right. yeah, so... I, I found that like okay, I'm never gonna get tired of that, but I would get tired if I had to do music like as a job. That would never, I would hate it. I, and I don't. That's like what really? I feared the most out of that. I was like, if I did this as my job and there was money attached to it, um, I, I'd grow to resent it because then there would be deadlines and things. And that's weird. The whole the whole thing I like about music right now is that I have the freedom to. Uh, now that I've built up like a fan base, I can I have the freedom to release something, and people will listen to it because they they want to, not because I'm putting in a bunch of mm-hmm. like time into promoting it. I really hate doing that too. Like promoting stuff is just I don't really like. I just don't like it. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, because I feel like it distracts from the music itself. You know, promoting For sure. and. But, uh, I mean, so luckily I don't have to do that too much, especially with the kind of music that I do and the niche kind of, like, releases that I do. It's it's very, like, boutique with, like, I'll do, like, 50 or something or 100 of a tape and that's it. Like, it's done. Right. It's, and plus, like, uh, I don't know if you've talked to, have you talked to anybody else that does tape stuff yet? Um, I talked to a guy a couple of years ago, but it wasn't even for my podcast. And he, kind of just like conversation. Yeah, it was. I was actually for my high school newspaper, but oh, he cool. he talked a little bit. He talked a little bit about it because he made kind of similar music. Mm. Mm. The weird thing about tapes is that it's it's so ephemeral. It's like I even understand that I'll make a tape that sounds great now, and then in twenty years it will have degraded and sound terrible. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's totally just a thing to hold look at enjoy for the moment and then you know i mean there's always digital files of everything but i don't know it's it's cool having something physical even if it's always great over that was why like that was my biggest uh like I, I a lot of people collect tapes and i don't know why it's like i i mean i collect ones from people i like but i know they're all gonna sound like garbage in 20 years because <laughs> unless you do it on chrome tapes which are like really expensive it's gonna just degrade um but like that was my biggest reason for putting everything on or you know doing the self-titled record is that records last you know hundreds of years uh and that was kind of my like grasp at okay this is here to stay instead of you know disappearing into you know crumbly crackly audio that's special um Yes, I, I mean, that was a milestone for me because it was completely, it was completely self-funded over over the course of the last like three years, just like scraping and saving. Wow, and it's like, it's hard to, 
like the way that I ended up doing it was a little different than other people. Most people do it through like crowdfunding nowadays Mm -hmm. through the kind of music that I do. Like, and I just didn't, I kind of got really fed up with waiting. I didn't ever set up a crowdfunding thing, but just like, I didn't want to wait. I wanted it to happen. And like, I kind of just needed to cut back on, I don't know. It sucks because it was, I had to cut back and also my girlfriend had to cut back. (laughs) I was like, I want to put out this record. I can't be spending a lot of stuff on a lot of stuff. So she had to help me kind of like save up money for that. But, um, like when we actually put it out, it was like, Oh wow. It's real now. Like, how did that feel having that in your hand for the first time? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I listened to the test presses a few times, and I liked what I heard there. I listened to the actual album a few times. Um, I don't know. It's weird because I don't really listen to my music unless I'm putting stuff on an album. So it uh-huh. was like I had had that album done, and I listened to it a couple times, and then it was like on to the next yeah. set of songs. So uh, I don't know. I like it. Obviously, I, I like it enough to, to commit it to, to vinyl, but... Forever. Um, I don't know. It's like a first... As much as I've, you know, established myself uh, selling tapes and everything, uh, it sort of felt like a first release, almost, because it yeah. was like a collection of stuff that people that like my music were like, when's this... Specifically, like, people always would ask, like, when is this song going to be on a record? So, like... <laughs> I figured I would try and collect those songs that I got the most requests for and That's put awesome. them all together. Uh, sort of as like a, okay, here's the retrospective so far. Um, and in a way, like, it was right. When I decided to put it together, it was at, like, the worst possible time because uh, I had just realized that I wasn't going to be working at the, at the same school the next year. They were like, oh, yeah, no. you need to get, like, a different job. So I was like, oh, Yikes. this is, like, the perfect time to invest in music. (laughs) I was like, like, okay, what's going to make me some money over the summer? Oh, I know. I'll invest a couple thousand dollars in music. So, like, I just, it sucked because I knew that it was like I had to either do it now or I was going to end up waiting another couple years. Right. Um, So I did it this year, and now I'm like, I'm glad that I had that going in because I definitely wouldn't have had the confidence to, um, like start a music club at my school or, or start a, um, or even like probably apply to the school. <laughs> I don't know. There was just some confidence that came with it, but I kind of acknowledge that it's a small first step that I really want to, um, work towards putting out more stuff. Cause it was a really, I mean, it's, it's fun seeing your music on, on record. That's really and, awesome. And hearing it. So um, if I order it, cool. will it's I receive cool. it? It's to my family too. They're like, Oh, you make, and i'm like yeah that's cool they always saw it as like a hobby too and like seeing it on a record like i've been telling my dad for years i make music and he's like that's cool and i'm like do you want to listen to it he's like nah it's all right (laughs) and then like i actually gave him a record and he's like oh you make music (laughs) now that it's real now that it's big i'm like yeah i was like yeah (laughs) and i was like you want to listen to it he's like nah that's okay He likes, um, that's where I get most of my sensibilities for like what I listen to from in my free time, like mm-hmm. listen to the same alternative and contemporary music like Damien Rice and yeah. and stuff like that. He's got, that's where I get most of my, um, music taste from 
actually my Twitter handle. Uh, I think it's badly drawn hugs. Yeah. But um, it's based off of um, uh, like my favorite album, which he actually shared with me, which is a uh, badly drawn boy. Which um, I don't know why I didn't even mention that. That's like I guess aside from uh, aside from the you know musical style influences that uh, the artist badly drawn boy. Um, mm. His first album in particular, uh, like when I found out that it was just one guy and not a full band and like it was him in his bedroom about the same age as when I started putting music together, like that kind of opened the doors for me to explore, okay, maybe I can actually do something just on my own. And you did. Um, Yeah, so I kind of like, I don't know, you need to hear it from other people before you actually you know, convince yourself that you can do something. Yeah, um, I definitely think there's merit in that. Yeah, like, hearing that somebody else had put out a record, you know, that they put together themselves, and, like, I don't know, it just inspired me to, you know, work towards that. Um, it's still one of my favorite albums. I, I listen to it every once in a while. I'm going to give um, it a listen, for sure. Yeah, it's called Hour of the Be- Bewilder Beast. It's really Ooh. good. Um, and it's all just one guy... Uh, singing and playing music in his uh i guess his bedroom but like there's a lot of added elements to it which uh you wouldn't think one person could kind of conceive of all at Mm -hmm. once but yeah um yeah i don't know were there any other questions you wanted to ask me about uh i've got like 10 more minutes i can talk yeah for sure um i had a couple things just in case there were some points you wanted to make like catch me for being a fraud or something (laughs) Um, if I buy the record, will I receive it in the mail? <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll cool. Oh, um, tell me. That's been annoying. Some people that uh, order stuff, uh, maybe don't you know share this part, but like people will <laughs> order stuff and then they won't have their right addresses, and then it gets oh, shipped no. back to me, and then I have to pay for shipping twice. Oh, and for me, it's yikes. like I've already spent all the money. It's all went to the <laughs> the records being pressed. Right. So. But um, yeah. If you order it, it will it will show up eventually. Cool. What a lot of people don't realize is that like when they order from my Bandcamp, which is Halcyon Tapes, uh, like mm-hmm. at Bandcamp or dot Bandcamp or whatever, they think it's that I've hired someone else. <laughs> so they're like, I haven't received my Wizard of Loneliness order yet, and I'm like, That's yes, me. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's me, the Wizard. <laughs> and so like, I think that. It, I don't know. Most people that order a second time, they were like, it's usually right after because they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was actually buying from you. Like, that That's really cool. Stuff together. Um, yeah, because it's weird because I do the label stuff and I do the music stuff. So it's like I'm the like, guy crafting everything and cutting everything out and putting it together and shipping it. So it's a very kind of from me to you sort of mm-hmm. uh, product that I don't know. You can't really get from buying from a record label that's huge or anything how do you go about actually like making the tapes and making like how did you get the record pressed and how do you make the tapes that's what i've been very uh, curious the about record pressing that's you know beyond uh one person yeah I contact <laughs> yeah. A, a record pressing place i did a couple uh places i checked with um, and then when I realized they were all going to be expensive, I was like, okay, I guess I got to go to the least expensive. <laughs> um, so I, I contacted them. Um, they asked for the art 
and I I work with my luck. I got really lucky. My brother is an art, artist and he's a graphic designer. Oh, cool. He's the one who designs half of, if not, you know, almost all of my album covers. I did not know I that. That's really cool. And then, yeah, his name's, uh, I mean, his real name's Sam, but <laughs> uh, his artist name is Minola. He's been more successful than me, if anything. You know, like, he now he's a full-time graphic designer, so... Maybe I'll have to call him and just scrap this. Um, So yeah, I I had him design the art. I was like, I had an idea for what I wanted to do. I mean, I I always loved the album art he did for my first one that I worked on with him, which was uh, was called Spirit Tracks. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was was another one with a hat on it. And I'm like, that imagery kind of just stuck with me. And so I was like, can you do something very similar to that, but maybe a little simpler, just kind of as a callback to that, but with a little bit of a design change. Um, So Mm -hmm. we did that, and then we sent it over to the pressing place. They got started printing those. And I had to, luckily I'm all right with all the mixing stuff. Um, So I like mixed it myself, the album, and I sent all the tracks over. And then they created a like a sample, uh, a test press of what it would sound like. And they sent it over. Um, and I think it came from like Yugoslavia or something. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to that and that was like, oh, wow. It's like, I'm, it's like actually happening. So then um, after I okayed that, uh, I just, ha- I waited and waited and waited. It takes a long time. Like, because <laughs> records have gotten, you know, exponentially popular year over year for the last decade and so the plants that are left that like didn't shut down in the 80s when vinyl started tanking um they're booked like for months and months in advance so right like i had to kind of like get in line and i put in the order in april mm-hmm. and it took until beginning of august um before it was ready so that's like almost half a year dang um it's just a long waiting process, which is weird compared to when I make a tape. Like, and I mean, the, that was the end of like the the vinyl process. They they press it. I tried to save money, so I I had I went and picked it up from the factory <laughs> in New York, which was a nice day trip. It was that's cool. Summer. It was it was fun. Um, but like, it's so much longer term than when I make a tape. I can do a test right there in my you know upstairs. Right. In my loft. And be like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to make uh, 50 or 100 of those, and then I can just do it. Right. Um, yeah, the uh, making a tape is so much less intense. Uh, that's why it's I kind of liked it in the beginning anyway. It was more fun. Because uh, it's so hands-on. Like, I make the labels. I design the, you know, stickers, the art, the, you know, cutting out the art, and then, you know, folding in the tapes and everything. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it's like running your own little assembly line. And I've always kind of been drawn to assembling things. Even when I was in like high school and middle school, I, I built models all the time. So it's just, it feels a lot like that where I just get a rhythm of putting things together. And by the end of it, I've got a stack of, of tapes that look awesome and hopefully sound awesome. That's really cool, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, even if I only did vinyl, it, and that's never going to happen, but like, 
anytime I put out vinyl, I, I never lose the desire to continue creating stuff and making stuff with my hands and, and you know, making physical things with my hands. Right. Just because, I don't know, there's something that I, as much as that the vinyl is, you know, me, it's a representation of me and all that, it's not something I put together. Uh, I didn't work at the plant. I didn't press the stamps or anything. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so I kind of, I need that kind of ownership of it and that responsibility to, to really say that it's, you know, 100% me, even though the record is like 90% me, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Oh man, five minutes. We might just have to do another episode down the road, to be honest. I don't know. Give me your, your last, your most uh, left field question. Left field? Yeah, something strange. Something strange. Um, What is the most powerful emotional moment you've ever had with an animal? Alright, I've decided to change your, your <laughs> right in this. I'm going to talk about something else. <laughs> um, so, I... I don't know, something with a cat. <laughs> something like that. Um, but I forgot. I, you know, I, I as much as I use it for stress relief, when I talk, to mu- talk about music with other people, like, in the scene, I have to... I, I've developed sort of a persona that I, I stick with and, like... I don't know, just, it didn't start out this way. I used the word, the the title Wizard of Loneliness just as a callback to an episode of the show Nathan for you. No way, I dude. Liked. I, yeah. no shit. I literally thought, is he, there's no way that he's referencing Nathan for you. Yeah, that's where I got it from. <laughs> that's when I amazing. That, I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> I feel like that. You know, I love that show like so much. I'm trying way too hard. And I just felt like that fit me way too much to avoid. <laughs> So I go with that, but like it started out as just a reference, but now I do all this like wizard related stuff. So it's yeah. affected my life. It's, you know, I did a, um, I did a couple charity fundraisers that were just built off of my persona. Like, uh, like I did whiz the season in like, last cute. Christmas and we raised money for toys for tots, I think. That's awesome. And it was just like, it was a bunch of vaporwave stuff and videos and I recorded stuff where I did, you know vaporwave characters and there's a real like acting side to it uh Mm -hmm. this past uh even just this last august i did a um a fundraiser called whiz stock which was like me getting a bunch of people together to uh submit exclusive uh vaporwave and and beats and stuff and i recorded more stuff as that too um so the whole wizard persona just i i I love being able to kind of escape into that because i'm not I mean, I'm goofy, and I know my girlfriend or my fiance or whatever, uh, she's, she'd say I'm goofier than most people, but, like, <laughs> uh, like I really feel like I get to be even goofier when um, <laughs> when I get to be that persona. It's just, I, I don't know. There's something that I like about being able to be wacky and kind of, you know, completely s- strange, but, you know, be able to bridle that in to... The character of my music, I guess. I, I feel like they go sort of hand in hand. For sure. Um, just oh. kind of, I guess the one word, eccentric, I guess. Eccentric. Like, eccentric, just like the character is weird, the the music is not popular. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I do it for myself, it's weird. Uh, 
and um yeah i don't know i just want to keep it that way for sure uh i've like i've had opportunities where people have asked me to perform and stuff and i just i don't really i'd rather just keep doing things the way i like doing them because it's it's how i keep it so separate from a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. i mean even if a lot of i don't know I'm sure somebody that listens to my music would be like, "Wow, oh, it's completely derivative of others." <laughs> but <laughs> for me, it's it's my my brand of doing things. Like, I don't really know of anybody else that infuses kind of the slower, like vapor kind of aesthetic into hip hop. So, I yeah, it's awesome. I don't know. The, if I if I talk too much to other people, I'll lose my you know my think tank capabilities <laughs> i won't be able to be as original if i'm always talking to other people yeah um and stealing their ideas i just want to keep it original and keep it the way that like i want to do it because that way I, I feel like the more i do it the more i'm going to get even uh less and less derivative i guess <laughs> you know more and more original the further i go right um yeah, so I don't know, in like 30 years or something, maybe I'll, I'm, I mean, I'm really trying to get, there's not that many people that, you know, would tag, that tag their music as vapor hop, which is, that's what I go with, like, <laughs> for most of my album yeah. genre labeling. Um, I can't really think of that many artists that use it, but again, I mean, I don't really listen to that much other stuff, because I kind of want to just keep my own, I don't know, keep bearings on my own stuff. I feel you. Well, t- way to way to take the reins with that question there. Yeah, I liked your question. Don't don't feel bad about <laughs> it. But I had bigger and I had my sights set on bigger things. Well, it was good talking to you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, I really appreciate you rescheduling.